Welcome to the Genuine Gals Podcast, where we talk about real shit in a fun way. Just two gal pals talking about life like we're out to lunch. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we get into the purpose-driven life. We ask some questions and poke and prod to see if we can figure out anything about what the meaning of it all is. Hope you enjoy. We're here. We're doing these things. I want to be grateful. I am grateful, but yet I want so much more. And I'm working 40 plus hours a week Mm -hmm. to make this money, to go towards these things that I have just to do it all over again, then to strive to make babies. And for what? Like then the babies grow up and then they're out of the house and then we die and then they're here. And they're making babies. Like it's this. And and I, I get on this mind fuck of a just merry-go-round that never ends of like, why, why do I need to have kids? Why do I need to work a job? Why can't I go live in a tent on a hillside and like not give a shit? I don't like, sometimes I get stuck there. And then I think you need, you could do either and you need to sort out what the more meaningful aim is for you. Well, that's the thing that I always come back to is the aim that I always used to tell myself of purpose is it always comes back to real. It comes back to God of like sharing, sharing that life with others and, and influence, not influencing, but, but being present with other people to lead them to the heavens basically when they, when they pass and have that eternal life. And I'm not here to preach, but I am here to use my being and my voice. I've always been more of a presence and a being kind of person than a Bible thumper. Um, And I've always said, I always said when I was younger that I didn't want to necessarily work within like a Christian organization or a charity. Like I want to work in corporate America so that I can be a bright light in some place that's really dark. That was my purpose when I was younger. And now that I'm kind of here, it's so dark sometimes that I'm like, I don't know how I can, I don't know how I can shine my light much brighter to like make an influence and an impact. But I do think Mm. that there is a time and a place. And I do think that there is a way to do it for the people to like, there's a mission in everything. There's a, there's a reason for everything. So I can spell it out for my right now, but I don't know that that is totally necessary. I think really more so the struggle comes in of when you're down and low and when you've got this, like, what about me or why am I making kids and all these things of like purpose driven? I mean, there's the purpose driven life is a book. Like there, there's so many people that have come out with like the purpose factor and all these things. And I've always been drawn to like a platform like this or public speaking and outwardly affecting the masses. But then at the same time, I'm, I get in these spots of why, and it's almost like I get, because I see people, I see people doing these things and they want to make like some, some of their purposes are, I want to make more money off of the knowledge that I have. And I get stuck in that too. So it's this round and round and round of influence from society, influence from what I know, influence of what the shit, I just want to go crawl in a hole and just live in nature and like be in the outskirts and not see anyone 
because I don't want to interact with any of these people, you know, like people drive me nuts, but at the same time, I love my people. So it's just, again, that's the vicious cycle inner workings of the purpose. Yeah. You're trying to figure out what your aim is. And we can talk a lot more about what the purpose-driven life is. I think in general, it's a Christian thing, especially that book you were referring to. That's a Christian. Yeah. yeah, but I also think it is it can be applicable to people who don't necessarily practice the faith, right? Yeah. So we can talk more about the difference, like how that looks in a secular life or whatever. And to be honest, I mean, a lot of our values are rooted in Christianity anyway, so... Yeah. I just, I struggle hard with like, what's the point of it all? And I, it comes up and I've actually asked some of my girlfriends this, like, well, we got in like this heated conversation about work and like, what's the point in all of this? I'm like, I struggle with this so much. And I think it comes up at least once a quarter of like, what's the point? What's the point? And like, we all just sat there and we're like, we don't know. Like, we don't, I, why am I wasting all this time? Like, can we all just go live on an Island together and enjoy our lives? And I do think that that would be also lackluster. It'd be fun for a while, but then it would have some, because our brains were all very smart women, like we need to apply ourselves in some way, shape or form. And what actually got me thinking last night about something is I was starting this book for book club. It's called fourth wing. And it literally, it literally opens up with how these women are fighting for, I'll call it a colony. I don't actually know what it is, but for, you know, they've that that's their sole purpose. They, what their job is, it's kind of like being a part of the government and being a part of the army. Like that's their fight. That's their purpose. But that, especially back in the day, that is what people did. Like they were, you were the highest ranking if you were, you know, an officer towards the King and all these things. And like the townspeople were the lowly people that were running these businesses based off their farm and all these things. And so to me, I'm like, that is true purpose. Like you're, you're fighting for your land. You're fighting. Like they were literally fighting for their lives. And as much as I'm sure their lives sucked of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wake up tomorrow and live to see another day to me, that feels so purposeful. I'm like, that makes sense. Like the times of the Vikings and all of that, where they were constantly strategizing of how to keep their land. That makes sense. And then now we're here and our land is established and no one's threatening our land, but we're all on burnout trying to make these companies so successful that we are living in wealth, but the people living in wealth freaking hate their lives And the suicide rate is so high. Like it's just, it's all mine. It's a mind fuck to me because it's like, I feel like when I get there, I'm not going to be that person, but who's to say that the psychological state of me when I get there will be sound enough to be able to keep it together. You know, like it just, I get in this tizzy and I can go Mm -hmm. round and around and around. And then I, I literally said this to my girlfriends and they're like, what? I literally was like, can we please go back to the barter system? If I have a skill that you don't have, let me perform that for you. And then whatever skill that you have that I don't have, let's exchange. Like we spend so much of this our time making this money to exchange it for these things. And I'm like, I'm tired. Like 
I'm literally tired. So like the rant could go on and on of like why I think that would be productive, but I would rather, I don't know, for whatever reason, my skills now that have been developed, strategy, business, organization, efficiencies, all these things, when I think of it as in normal life, I no longer have the energy to clean my home, to cook, to anything because I'm spending my brain and my energy on these other things. And so when I think of survival, my survival skills have definitely gone on the lower end of my priorities. Not that I can't do them or know how to do them. I do, but like, does that make sense where I'm, I'm kind of going with this of like, if I had it to live in the olden days and exchange things based on what I'm good at, like, I don't know. I don't know. I would probably be on the King's team of strategizing to fight off the opposing country or whatever, I guess. I don't know. Okay. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So first, first of all, this works for me, may work for you, but I think studying human evolution a little bit will be helpful and societal evolution because the miracle of the capitalist system and money exchange for goods and services is actually miraculous Okay, and um, more beneficial for more people. Okay. Right. Because if like you say you only have just a quick example, if you only have one dentist in town, that dentist is going to have their pick of all the mittens that are knitted and all the baked goods. Right. And then at the end of the day, let's say you have mediocre baked goods and you need the dentist, you need to exchange that for the dentist. You may not necessarily be able Mm. to, you, 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 you were exchanging that one thing that's of lower value because somebody else is exchanging something, the same thing, but it's a higher value, higher quality, right? They have a better up and whatever. Yeah. When you put money into the mix, my dollar is your dollar is their dollar. It all is a dollar. And I can sell my mediocre goods to another place down the road, right? To someone that made be able to afford them because they're a little cheaper. Yeah, I have to make more and sell more, but then I can still pay the dentist with the same money and the, mm-hmm. the same amount. Like I can save up for it. So like that getting into all of that, I would highly recommend just reading up, even just like briskly. Um and, and a, and a I mean, higher even consent. that explanation sounds so simple and I'm like, God, why didn't I think of that? Well, okay, but but also you're lost in the sauce. Like we're a lot of people are lost lost. in the sauce. I mean, we're we have these ungrateful children that are on social media and running all of this, these like campaigns of hate. Let's say canceling people, um, throwing paint on beloved works of art. Can't talk about that. I'll cry, but um, all because they think they know that they have every right to be angry and Mm -hmm. they could not be further from like suffering, you know, like they could not be further from the conditions of mother nature that literally are trying to kill us Mm -hmm. and their suffering is all withstood within them. Like it's all within them. And if only they could just turn inward and look at how to re 
navigate, recalibrate their nervous system so that they can actually become productive citizens. That's right. how you have a pathway forward. So you, you being a productive citizen and getting to kind of maybe the peak of your career, let it, if, I'm not sure, maybe there's more of a peak, but you, your nervous system could be telling you maybe it's time to find another peak to climb. Mm. Your system could be telling you a lot of different stuff. And, and here's why you should listen. If you are accurately oriented with where you've been, likely your nervous system, your subconscious, your Jiminy Cricket, right? That's uh, the the conscious in Pinocchio. Jiminy Cricket is yeah. the one who's like subtly pushing and guiding. If you're oriented properly and you don't have a bunch of fucked up shit in your head, then you can start asking yourself those questions and bringing that into your, in your conscious mind. So that's why I did want to, I just curious if you wanted to go through that exercise of like answering these questions poorly, you have to start poorly at first, right? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So up until this point, what has your aim been in as concise and comprehensive of a definition you can make it? To be happy. That's not a name. Oh. Happiness is a feeling. It's not to be successful. Okay. What does successful look like? What did it look like to you? It changes. So I would say it did look like getting married, having kids, and having a good job. Married to anybody? No, the right person. What's the right person? My husband. I mean, sorry, who's the right? I said what? What makes them the right person is what I meant. When I can be 100% myself. Cool. Check. And you found that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, You said two other things, kids and what did you say about you? Did you say just a good job? Yeah. Okay. What's a good job? Something where I make decent money and where I'm challenged. Are you willing to sacrifice your person or parts of your relationship with that person or the time or energy spent with that person to make a good job happen? No. Okay. So which one of those is the highest priority? The person. Okay, cool. So we've we've got a hierarchy, right? If you can think of anything in your life that is above that person, mm-hmm. is there anything? Honestly, I, I still stand by that it's God. I him and I both agree in that. Okay. What is God? What is your what is your definition of God? The creator of this earth and us. And why is he more important? Higher power. Okay. Why is he more important? He's our, he's like our guide. He's our creator. He, he, he's what we, we respect and believe in as a family, as our ultimate being. Okay. You mentioned to work on that relationship 
in order for, I, I think of it as working on that relationship because he created me. He knows me more than I know myself. So I work on that relationship between God and myself, which is also working on myself. Um, you mentioned he's right and well for my husband and anyone else for that matter. Okay. And how does that higher ordinate priority filter into your good job? Hmm. I want to be able to, well, are you talking about like God being higher than my husband or just holding them higher, both higher than a good job? Okay. So it sounds like it's like one, two, three, instead of it kind of being over to the side. Yep. 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 Okay. I mean, it could be over to the side, but I, I do believe that my family takes precedent over my job. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a re- a time and a place where no, I've, I've always believed that family is more important than a job, but your job provides the means to live a certain way. And so I do think that there are times when, especially if you're the sole provider that you have to prioritize your job but in the result, you're also prioritizing your family by doing so because you're the sole provider. So it's kind of hand in hand of I'm providing for my family. So my job has to be important. Perfect. Love it. So the job is kind of the pathway to supporting this value of family. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a good practice. I actually heard or had a psychologist do it on a podcast that I was listening to of, and it was in the, a different scope. It was like negativity towards actions that your spouse is taking and changing the thought process. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, you've already cleared up. I think it's kind of like the domino effect of things that we've talked about of you know, if this, then this, and all these things end up happening in life. And I think prioritization is a big part of my job. So then you have to also do that for your own life. And I think that's, it's important. And I, I love those questions is what I'm saying. You can go on forever. You could for sure. Yes, Cause it's never... even pinpointing like a certain word. Like, it's, okay. Well then what is yeah. what good mean to you? Yes, exactly. Like, like you, you said, yeah. You can't move forward. Okay, me too. Yeah. But you can't move forward unless you have that. Like if your goal is to ultimately serve your husband, then like you can't move forward until you figure out what serve is. Well, and, <laughs> and totally. Well, and I like struggled for a while, especially in the beginning of my health journey. And I've shared this with my boss too, of like, this is really important to me. And I felt like I had to take a leave from work to focus on this. I I was struggling really hard because I was like, I feel like I'm not putting in 100% effort at work because I want to be focused on this. Like it's a full-time job to, to take all these supplements and focus on my health and get it right. Eventually I figured it out and didn't really need to, but I still had that inkling of like, I want to dedicate so much of my time and effort towards my health that I do feel like because it's taking up all my brain space, I want to take this time. But at the end of the day, that's not always possible and you got to do what you got to do. Right. And so 
But what I'm getting at is that exercise can help you realize the why behind that thought process too. Like if I'm thinking about those questions, I can lead myself there, right? Like my health is so important because my family is important and I'm doing this so that I can create a family. And then that leads into so many other things of, of why I'm taking other actions in various areas of my life to improve it because of the priorities that I've set out for myself. So it's not an aimless aim or purposeless aim in the sense of, okay, we want to live in Idaho one day. Okay. But why? And like almost backtrack the why so that I don't feel crazy for being like, we're moving to Idaho, you know? And like, I have to do it pretty frequently because I'm like, is it crazy that we just want to move to Idaho for no reason? It's like, there's not no reason. There are plenty of reasons, you know? And like, we've talked about all the reasons, but I'm used to moving with a quote unquote purpose of a job or family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so when that's what you're used to doing, these other reasons don't feel like purpose. And it, I can have that internal struggle of like, okay, obviously they're also sometimes like, I'm not alone. Like I sent the reason why I do that in group settings or with a one-on-one friend is so that I feel like I'm not crazy and not alone in having these struggles. And that's also why I love this podcast too, is because I do feel like we resonate with each other, but also like by you sharing this mapping technique, it tells me that like, you've had similar struggles and this is how you figure them out. Right. And so again, that just brings me peace of great. I'm not alone in some of these struggles and there are ways to get out of them. And there is a rhyme and a reason, right. But I do, if I can circle myself back is even at the end of those exercises, as much as it makes sense, I, me, Cami, I'm like, why do, why do I matter? Why do those priorities, why do they matter? Like there's something bigger that like to me is always out there. Like if you think about space and other beings being out there, I'm like, I sometimes feel like I am a part of the Truman show and everyone is playing on my TV show. <laughs> and I literally feel that I'll be on a walk and I'll be like that guy over there. He's just playing a part. He's, I don't know anything about him, but he's sitting on his front porch and like, I don't like, and I, I forget that other people exist. Yep. I think we should talk about the psychology of people thinking they're on the Truman show because I think it's very common. Okay. And I think there's a reason why. Okay. And I have a great story of my brother, like the one who's a little, not all there, um, watching that movie and then Mm -hmm. losing it on, on really. Okay. I love that. Like violently, but just. Not, oh God. Like, I don't love that. But I, I just want to hear. Yeah, love I, that. I love that. Good job freaking out. Drama. Man. Drama. Um, yeah. I think. That's another thing for sure. <laughs> the drama of it all. No, no. The Truman Show. The oh, Truman the Truman Show. show. Effect. Yeah. Because I think it too. I'm like, ooh, yeah. are people watching I've- I know I have to like snap out of it. I remember being in London and like, I had this, it was like towards the end of, it was literally the last day of the trip and I hadn't been sleeping. So I was on paranoia factor. And I remember looking at, at my husband and being like, they're talking about me. They're looking at me and they're talking about me. And he goes, 
And I don't do that very often. Like I don't voice it, especially like if I think it, I like snap myself out of it and move on. (laughs) But when I'm voicing it, I'm on a different level of like, I'm paranoid and like, I don't like it. I don't like that. They're even potentially talking about me anyways, different factor. But I do think that sometimes (laughs) I am a part of my own show and everyone else is just a, what are they called? Act, uh, not side actors. Uh, I don't know. My friend would kill me that I don't know this term, but yeah, they're just a part of the show. They're not the main character. I'm the main character, but anyways, I do think that that would be a good, I want to, I want to dig into that. Maybe that can be our next episode and we just wrap this piece of the pie up. Yeah. Well, I think next one will be probably potentially another interview. Yeah. True. Yeah. No, the questions, um, I think they make, they're scary to people. They make you realize just how much you don't understand. (laughs) Like, why do I do that? Why do I aim for that? Why, who, who is this? What is this to me? Like all of that. But I think it's good for you to like start mapping out the peripherals so you can see the pathway forward. For sure. I just, I, I still think that, I mean, that's good for anything, not just like what the purpose part of it that we're talking about, but there's gotta be something else. And I, I remember specifically someone in my life saying one day you'll figure it out and it'll hit you like a load of bricks and you'll be like, ah, duh. And I'm like, can you just tell me? And they were like, no, you gotta figure it out on your own. And then I thought I'd had it figured out, which I still think I do. I just like lose sight of it. And I think without certain factors it it doesn't make sense. Um, and so when you lose sight of those factors, then you can't bring it all home. I, I, I stand by the fact that I've tried to make it all make sense without God. And it doesn't, I, I can't make it make sense. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, the Cain and Abel story might be helpful. Abel's yeah. sacrifices were accepted by God. They were good enough and Cain's were not. And yeah. we don't know why. I think that's the eternal struggle is for the people that are making sacrifices, but they're not accepted by God. They're not ordained and blessed. And Cain couldn't figure out why God tells him essentially he's like procreating with sin. And that could mean a whole bunch of things. Right. So I think the story is meta and it's good, but like, how do we be more like Abel and make sure our sacrifices please God? Yeah. And I see some part, part of me, I, I agree with that pleasing God. I think there's a baseline. I don't think our acts please him. I think our overall underlying foundational belief in him pleases him because there are proof. There is proof in the Bible that even the people that have done malicious, terrible things, but at the end of their life, choose to believe in God wholeheartedly. Only he knows your heart. They still go to heaven. And so I, it's not acts. Acts don't lead to, to that. It's, it's, it is, it, it, there is an ideal, but I don't, I don't fully believe that God's love and all of that comes solely from that. Cause we all sin every day and you can bring sin into it. And I, I hate the word, but I just think that it's a good word. It means you've missed the mark. Yes. It's I just, it brings me back to my Catholic roots and I just like, I know, cringe. but we, we've colored, we've colored it poorly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that in fact, that's the whole reason Jesus came is to show us how to act. And that's the only way to heaven is through him. And that means mirroring his actions. 
I really think the only way to be a God-ordained person is to follow in those footsteps through your actions, not your words. Yeah. And your actions show where your heart is, right? So I think it's both. Yeah. And I think that the part that a lot of people struggle with, myself included, is I can have these great actions, but what about the thoughts that I have? Right. So like, oh my gosh, we, I have so study human evolution. We've we've evolved to have these really complex mental systems and nervous systems. And our thoughts are so gross a a lot of the time, right? Our thoughts are just like, whoa, that's dark. Carl Jung's theory about the shadow self. Okay. If you want to get into something deep and scary and understand parts of yourself. And this is why I am constantly trying to shine light on these things is because We all have shadow selves and we are fully capable of doing all of the things that the most evil people have done. And you have to think of yourself being able to do those things and the circumstances it would take to get you there so that you can be aware. That literally makes me want to like bomb my eyes out. I don't know why. Like that's my visceral reaction. Well, because it's horrible. It's horrible. We like to think of ourselves as good people who, but like, we're only good because our circumstances are comfortable and we're not actually like, we would probably be Nazi soldiers. We would probably be Nazi informants. Majority of them were, we're just humans like them. Right. When you are under the pressure of those kinds of circumstances, you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. The one, the 0.5% here. That yeah. up to them. You don't know that. Like yeah. you're, when you're confronted with that kind of fear of like your family being slaughtered, like some of these people that helped the Jews, their family was killed in front of them. And then they right. were killed. like, right. Yeah, no, I, I do. <laughs> I, I think that is a good perspective in the sense of we are capable, but we are not doing this, you know, like I, 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 it's, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess when I come to God, our, we come back to this all the time of like our lives back in college and God, some of the shit that I would like struggle over, cry over and in the Christian space, because I thought everyone was doing such a better job than me. I'm like, God, what a terrible shitty way to live. And I'm so glad that I don't live that way anymore. But some of those thoughts still creep in, especially in this conversation, is around this topic is, you know, okay, I can be doing good acts and I can do acts of kindness and all of that. Am I patting myself on the back for some of those acts? Am I also judging that person for whatever at the end of it? Am I, you know, all these things that can creep in of like, no, my innate first reaction is to help that person. Right. And then at the end of it, I can then also, this actually just happened to me pretty recently. And this is not a story to pat myself on the back, but this was a story of true conflict in my brain. So I'm walking out of a happy hour, walking to my car and it's like misting outside, but it just rained. There's this girl that's coming towards me. She's has one sock on and the other one's barefoot. She, and this is a nice part of town. She has part of her weave in her hand and part of it. And you can see where it was ripped out of her head and she's crying. And she's walking down the street towards me. I'm about to get in my car. I could have either run or said, Hey, are you okay? I chose to say, Hey, are you okay? And she started bawling, literally bawling her eyes out. 
And I'm like, okay, do you need to call someone? Do you need a ride somewhere? And she's like, I was at my boyfriend's house. I live in Fort Worth. I don't have a car. I have no way of getting anywhere. And I was like, okay, can you, can you call someone to come get you? And she goes, yes. I was like, listen, I have to go, but this restaurant down here that is just that I know the people, they're amazingly nice. Like let's walk down there and see if you can use their phone. So I was like, and also, can I give you a hug? So I like gave her a hug and then we walked in there. She like, couldn't talk cause she was crying so hard. So I like asked the guy, I was like, can she use your phone? Like she needs to call someone to like, come pick her up. And like, she was, I don't want to share her story, but it's not a good situation. Like she needs to get away from it. And so obviously they're like patrons in the, the restaurant, like witnessing all this. So she's embarrassed and I'm like, okay, I need to protect her at the same time of like, I don't want to leave her because I don't want people here to judge her. Mm-hmm. And, but I need, I like, I have somewhere I need to be. So I'm like, okay, are you good? Like, can I, can I get you anything? Do you need some food? Like I'll buy you a cheese board or whatever you want. Like I'll buy it for you. And she was like, no, I'm good. Like I'll, I'm good with water. And so I sit there and I like talk to her for a while and like, they bring her the phone and all this stuff. And then she ends up on the phone and I'm like, okay, can I have one more hug? Like you're, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it through this. Okay. Like you're a strong woman. Okay. And like, I give her like a pep talk. Cause she had like shared some of this stuff with me and I give her a pep talk. I'm like, you don't need him. Okay. You are a strong freaking woman and you're going to make it through this. And I think I, I can't remember, but I, I don't, uh, this might sound weird. I can't remember if I prayed for her or not. I don't think I prayed for her because that's not something I normally do, but I definitely remember giving her a pep talk. So as I'm walking out, this woman, this other woman was like, Hey, that was like truly amazing. I, I haven't witnessed something like that before. Like, I, I can't believe that kindness like that exists, like seriously in awe. And I'm like about to cry right now, but like literally is like in awe of like the act that I did. And I was like, I want to be proud of myself, but I feel weird for being proud of myself. But at the same time, all I can think about is like her, like, I hope she's okay. I have no way of following up with her. And all I can do is like hope and pray that she's okay. But then I've got this person being in awe of like the act that I did. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to feel right now. Like everything in what I've been told, you know what I mean? Like that's my like instant reaction is to help this person. And it then impacted someone else. And I'm so thankful for that. But like, also I don't, I feel weird for wanting to pat myself on the back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that is because, okay. So you remember Jesus, every time he did stuff for other people, which was all the time, he went off by himself and he chastised people that congratulated him. And he would, you know, essentially say, look, this is, you know, this is one of you can do this children. This is one of you without sin, throw the first stone. And I never know what to say when people say that, like, do you say, thank you? Like I want to, I want to come up with like a good response that says, I mean, all it takes is kindness, you know, or like something like not condescending, but like, well, Jesus, uh, sorry, what you did reminds me of what Jesus does for the least of these. Right. And so I think his thing was always take this and do it. Right. Like if that woman was like, Hey, 
never seen this before. Amazing. Amazing. Good for you. Look her in the eye and say, you're fully capable of doing the same thing. Mm. Right. It's not about so like, it feels like spiteful. No, you, you do it in a, I mean, I just, I'm, I picture the way Jesus did this, right? He looked at these people and said, each of you is capable of treating this person like they're a son of God or a daughter of God. I guess. And like, in talking about this, like I think of too, like, could you, could, could I have said something more in the sense of like, I mean, thank you for saying that, but we should all be doing stuff like this. Something like that, that gets them thinking that's not. Yeah. Maybe like, like, I'm just being human or I'm yeah. just doing my part as a Yeah, I'm just doing humanity. my part as a human. Yeah, I'm just doing my part. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, I'm like just that. doing my part. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But also, I mean, I think it's fine to encourage people to also do it. And your actions are the best way to do that, you know. So it's not like you have to say anything, but yeah. okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that took a different, <laughs> different road. But I think that that just like comes back to the conflicting, like ways of feeling of what you're saying of, of our, our feelings are, are dark, right. Of like, not that that's that dark, but like, we, we have the animal self we do. And like, we have, I think it comes back to even what we talked about, about humility and, and all of that kind of stuff of like, I didn't go from there and like, cause I was with a friend. I didn't immediately call my friend and be like, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe what just happened. Like my innate being or, or what I was kind of taught to do is you remain humble. You don't like, especially when it's someone else's business, it's like, great. She needed to deal with what that was. She is on her own journey. That's not my business to share. So that's where I come in of like, I didn't tell anyone like, this is a, I think you're, this is the first I've ever talked about it. And so I think it can be impactful when you tell those stories, but I also like, I feel, I feel like I'm even in this moment, like mm-hmm. saying, well, like not well as me, but also like, it's more of like a look at what I did. Yeah. Like I'm, I, think- I don't feel humble doing that. Right. But I think for the purpose of the story of thought processes, it is a thought training of, I don't need to tell people about these things. I I can be proud of myself for practicing this way in the sense of like, I can feel good that I helped someone. I think that's just, it's again, I've always bring something back to friends <laughs> of like on the show friends, they talk about, and we've talked about this example before, um, a selfless good deed, a true selfless good deed. And Phoebe is in a fight with Joey about a true selfless good deed. And they can't figure one out because every time Phoebe does something good, she's like, oh shit, I feel good about it. Like, and so she finds one and it was a bee stinging her. She didn't feel good about a bee stinging her, but she's like, I let the bee sting me. And Joey goes, well, you know, the bee dies after it stings you. So, (laughs) so it just is like a funny way of thinking about that kind of stuff is I think the purpose of it was, and and the intention of it was all good. I think the purpose of you telling me that story was to figure out if your response to the woman who commended you for it was correct or to to make, to make it, to, to correct it a little bit because it didn't feel like you did the right thing in that moment. Right. And yeah. so you're like, what, what is the right thing to do? And I think that's fine. Like, that's how we figure it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. I just, I guess then they're like feeling proud of yourself for doing that when I had every reason to not because I needed to get home. Right. Like it's, it took me an extra 15 to 30 minutes to do that when I really needed to get home and it, or for an appointment or whatever. Um, have you seen a nun story? No, it's an older movie with Audrey Hepburn and it talks all of, it's really all about what nuns used to go through to purify their souls to mm-hmm. marry God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, they talk about pride in the heart a lot. It's a long movie. But obviously, it's Audrey Hepburn. It's a pretty good story. So um, if you like the classics and you like Audrey, I recommend it just because okay. it yeah. shows you this whole nother perspective of the Catholic Church that you're like, holy cannoli. And you'll sense, okay, maybe that was too humble and too self-abasing. Mm-hmm. And maybe, yeah, she has pride in her heart. Or I don't know. It, it's definitely, it's given me more language around that Like, what is pride in my heart when I'm proud of myself? Why is that bad? You know? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Why is that bad? I think God feels pride when his children do things like that for his other children. Right. Like, I think when that, you know what I mean? So why can't we too feel proud that we did something in the name of helping others? I think there's healthy pride. Let's do one on pride. Okay. Okay. Okay, Well. I think we should wrap this up because it's already. Yes, I think. Well, and we've touched on a lot of different things. I think there's a lot of angles you can come at it and. Yeah, we'll see. I really think it'll probably come up again because it's not something that's probably going to leave my brain because I don't, it's stuck on a vicious cycle. I mean, Hey, I hope that it does. Um, I hope that I truly figure it out and, and we get somewhere, but I also love having the conversation and wrestling with, things with people. So thanks for wrestling with it with me, Gail. I really, really enjoyed this. So, um, if you're thinking if these are ever genuine topics, they really are because truth be told, Gail and I have actually never done that exercise together or had that conversation before. So fun stuff. Um, but I say, I guess ta-ta for now and we will, uh, see you next week. Arrivederci. Wonderful, wonderful. Au revoir. Hey, subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. Find us on Instagram, The Genuine Gals. Our website is thegenuinegals.com. We'd love to hear from you guys on, on what you think and honestly, what else you'd like to hear us talk about. So we'll catch you next week. <laughs>